Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So we are carrying on our series looking at the book of Acts, the sort of the beginning of the book of Acts, and uh, just looking how uh, we can be challenged by it. Um, I hope it has, yeah, I, I hope it has challenged you. I hope it's something that we don't just do and it's easy just to move on, but I hope it's something that's challenged the way sort of decisions you make and, and, and why we do certain things. And maybe if you don't do it, try and, tr- like last week, looking at the Word, uh, I know even preparing it and preaching it, I was challenged on how much I... Uh, uh, read my Bible and sort of what, what role the Word has in my life, um, if it's something I just visit or something where I live and really just devote myself to that. Um, today, we're moving on to the next one in Acts 2 verse 42, and it's, uh, it's, it's in Acts 2 verse 42, it's called fellowship. It said, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the fellowship. Now, that's an interesting word, Right? If we said fellowship, I'm sure we'd have a different understanding of it, a different meaning of it. Um, but it's something that they've been told to devote them lives, their lives to. Uh, it's something that, uh, remember, the, uh, what it, we're looking at actually from the point of view of what was important to Jesus in Him building His church. Uh, he built His church, and if it's important to Jesus, uh, it's going to be important to us. So if uh, Jesus was directing them in, in their salvation in what to to devote themselves to, if he wanted to highlight this thing of fellowship, uh, surely it's something that we need to look at and understand it. I, I feel a better word for the word, a better translation of the word fellowship is, as we have it. Often our English lets us down. Uh, if, we, if, if you know the Bible was written in Greek or in Hebrew and in translating, sometimes our English just has one word to describe one thing and we left with, with that. And, it's, and it sometimes doesn't carry the same purpose and the same heart. Uh, the word that, that, that maybe we could use instead of fellowship is the word partnership. So to devote themselves to a partnership of being together, of uh, this meaning of not just fellowship as, oh, we come together and we just, you know, it's, it's just warm-hearted and we're just, so it's great, so great to be, you, be with you. But this thing of partnership, of actually we're partnering together for a purpose. Remember, they were, if you, if you understand uh, the context, they were saved. The believers were newly saved. And now Jesus was birthing, or the Holy Spirit, uh, when Jesus instructed, was birthing the church as we know it. So as a church, we should be focusing on Jesus and focusing on His kingdom. So really, it's the partnership that we find ourselves together partnering around Jesus and the mission of making Jesus known. Psalm 68 verse 6 in the New Living Translation says this. It says, God places the lonely in families. He sets the, pioneer, uh, the prisoners, not pioneers, prisoners free and gives them joy. So there's this understanding that this partnership is about the lonely finding family. Now, does it mean everyone that comes to church is lonely? No, but there's a heart of belonging. There's a heart that, that 
Uh, if you were a slave to sin, if you were a prisoner to sin, you are set free and this new life is expressed in partnership with other believers in a thing called church. So today's, what we're looking at is, why do we, uh, why do we need to be part of a church? Why is it important? I might be speaking to the, to the choir and you being here, you saying, well, I'm part of a church but I think even part of a church has been replaced with membership or will I just sign a covenant and I'm in membership with the church. I think the true heart of what, what um, uh, the writer of Acts Luke is really emphasizing of this thing of partnership is lost in how we do it and sort of how we work our church. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go into that in, in a little bit. Disclaimer right now, I love you. I don't, I'm not taking a shot at anyone. I don't want to say anything. Um, if it's challenging, it comes from Scripture. And, and what we feel highlights this heart of fellowship, of partnership. Um, I, yeah, I don't want, to, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm having a, a go at you. But I want to be honest to the heart of what's expressed here. And, and it is challenging. So let's, let's dive in. Hebrews 10 verses 24 to 25 says this. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as, as you see the day drawing near. Does it seem like the day is drawing near? Well, look what's happening around the world. There's wars and there's rumors of wars. I know it's, it, it hits home uh, for us, particularly even in it, it, where I live in Kew Gardens. We have a very big Jewish community, and there was a lot of uh, th there was a lot of, of concern. And you can see it on people's face after what happened. But in the same breath, we have a lot of immigrants from the Ukraine, and there's a lot of concern about what's happening there. In the same breath, I, the, the very continent I come from in Africa, there's a lot of African immigrants because of what's happening there. The same breath is there's a lot of happening in Asia. It seems like there is wars or rumors of wars around the whole world. So it does, in a sense, feel like the days are drawing near. So if we look at the book of Hebrews, it says, let us consider how to stir one another up in love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. So if we, if we rewind to last week, if it's in the Bible, we want to obey it and follow it, well, we see why we should be together. Let's just close our Bibles and go home. Because it's in the Bible, like it's in the book, it's, it's in, in Hebrews. It's not even like, this is not even an Acts thing, this is a Hebrews thing of uh, let us not neglect meeting together because it is important. It's, it's how do you make sense of what's going on around this world? Well, church is supposed to be something of that. Where not only from a preach, but as we sing songs, our, uh, it's not focused on us. It's focused on Jesus and sort of our, our focus is shifted and we glorify His name. We lift Him up and so, so all of a sudden our problems become less as we glorify and honor Him. And then we share we can encourage one another if you're down or if you're struggling or if you, I know in moments where we've had um, people in our, in our family close to us pass away or there's been a tragedy in the family, church has been there to support us. 
and help us through those times. So the early church lived out this, va- this value. They devoted, remember we looked at that word, what it means to devote. They devoted themselves to fellowship because they needed it to cope with life. It was almost a, it wasn't just something that they did on a Sunday. It was important to them. It was, their whole community was immersed in fellowship. It was immersed in having meals together. It was immersed in, if, if you read the book of Acts further, it said that they met in the temple. So they met like this, except it wasn't a cinema. It was a temple that didn't have such comfortable seats that recline, so you can fall asleep. They met in the temple, but then they met every single day at home. That should challenge us. Because we're okay with meeting on a Sunday because Sunday is God's day. Sunday we go to church. I take my, my, my week and I give the one day to God and I say, well, that's your day. But they didn't just meet on a Sunday. They met every single day in each other's homes. Now, yes, you might live in, I don't know, Brooklyn or Manhattan or wherever. You might live very far from us, each other. And and, and geographically, yes, they might all live together. I'm not necessarily saying and instituting now that we have to go to each other's houses every day. Oh, that would be cool if I can not cook every day. That would be very nice. But um, what, what this is describing is a heart that we need to have. A heart of saying, I'm not just going to exist by myself. I want to exist in community. I want to exist in a, a, a brothers and sisters. It's, it's, a, it's a community of believers coming together that, yes, it might be more than just a Sunday. It might be a, when, it, when things aren't going well, you've got people to lean on. It might be, can I just come over for dinner because I feel lonely? Absolutely. In the bigness of this world and the bigness of the city, I think we have the most alone people. And this very thing the early church addresses. There's a, there's a statement that when we planted our church uh, in uh, Kew Gardens, that if you go into our websites, um, and it's a statement that the people that planted with us got to know, is this thing of friendship before function. They all look at me with blank looks on their face because maybe they didn't know this. But it's a, it's a heart that myself and, and my wife wanted to plant our church with is friendship before function. What does that mean? It means I'm more concerned about having a relationship with you than just functioning in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we get it wrong and we say, well, If we function, then we can be friends. Where do you see that? Did Jesus say, come and follow, or or, go make fishes of of men, and then you can follow me? Or was it, follow me, and then we can make fishes of men? See, Jesus was more concerned about the following me. He was more concerned about, let's have a relationship together, and in our being together, in our partnership, we can see people get saved. Another way of putting it is, is uh, thank you for that amen, whoever it was, may the Lord bless you, is uh, the friendship before function, or another picture I love, love it, is let's have coffee while we fish. 
in church circles, if you break it down, we like to separate these things. We're okay with having community or, or, or discipling or having a cup of coffee, but that's separate to, no, no, now we need to go evangelize and we, we, we need to not have relationships and we need to go see people get saved. And it's not, no, why can't we have a relationship while we see people getting saved? Why can't people come and have a meal around our table and they can experience the love of Jesus and get saved through that? Why can't we just show each other love before we even worried about getting anyone else saved? Oh no, pastor, you can't do that. Like we have to see people get saved. No, we have to show people Jesus and Jesus gets them saved. Maybe you'll be showing him, them Jesus by having a meal with them, by opening your home to them. Here's the battle that we have. No, wait, sorry. We're not going there yet. So this is something that, the, that, the, that this church was birthed with, this devotion to each other, this devotion. It's not just about going to church. We don't, uh, uh, the, 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 the wording even, we don't go to church. We are the church. If suddenly the cinema had to burn down, we should be able to connect with each other under a tree. I know there's not many trees around here. But um, I don't know, maybe by the big, uh, maybe by one of the parks, by the big globe, the world globe in, um, in Flushing. Or some, we should be able to contact each other and we should still be able to meet, even though there's no physical building, yes, physical buildings help. And we rent this one. If we had our own facility, it would be probably be better. We could do more, but th this is where we are right now. And that's fine. We are very thankful. But we don't describe church as a cinema with rows of seats. No, we describe church as people. You are the church. We are the church. Look around you, look left, look right. There's people, right? Not robots. We're people. We are the church. When we say we're going to church, it could be we're having a meal with each other. Are we abandoning what we do on a Sunday? No, because that is important as well as meeting with each other in community. They were devoted to that. In Scripture, throughout Scripture, I'm going to throw it out. I, 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 I think I, I've got the words. I'll give you. If you, want the, if you want to do a deep dive and get all the, uh, the, uh, the references, I'll give them to you. But throughout Scripture, we see words that describe the church. Different writers use different words to try and describe the heart of what we're supposed to have here. And I'm gonna, they described, the church is described as a body, as a nation, as a family, as a bride, as a building or a temple, as an army, as a priesthood, as a flock. Those are some of the words that we see in Scripture describing the church or trying to describe the church. Can you, can you pick up a, a, something about all of those words and all of those? Sorry, I almost knocked over a mic. Is none of those are static. A body is not just this isolated island. It's a group of people that are connected. A nation is not just one person. It's people. A family Sorry, did I say a body is many people? Maybe it's a weird body. A family is many people connected. 
A body is many parts connected with the same function of keeping you going. A bride, for guys, this is a hard one to understand, but a bride's not just a, a, a standalone. The, she, the, she's a bride because of the bridegroom. There's this coming together. There's this partnership. A building or a temple, as much as we would think it's just a static, standalone structure, it's in, in Scripture, we're not looking at it as, as a building as in brick and mortar. It's using the analogy of bricks and how we're all connected. And if we take one brick out, the whole building comes tumbling down. We are all connected in different, ra- different r- ways. A priesthood that's looking at the Old Testament way that the priests would be able to be the only ones that could come into God's presence. No, together we're able to be in God's presence together doing church, being together. If you want to take that analogy a little bit further, what did, the, what did the priests do? They sacrificed. They prepared a offering for, for, uh, for, uh, for God. Well, if, we're, if we're the priesthood, we should be creating offerings. I think us coming together and having a meal is very biblical. And that's priesthood coming together and sharing and preparing an offering. No, we're not going to cut goats and chickens at, at around our tables. It's just the, the picture of this aroma going up to God, of us being together. As a flock, I don't, I, I don't have any experience of being a shepherd. I've watched a couple TV programs where they're shepherds. It doesn't seem like it's well organized. It's, it's, it's chaos. There's lots of people doing, or lots of sheep doing things and getting things in order. So there's these, these pictures that writers in the, in the, in the Bible use to try and describe uh, the church, and it's not an isolated individual way of looking at it. It's always, revo- it's always a, a, a picture of together, of being together. So the, 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 the battle that we're fighting is Western culture, or our culture that we, we live in right now, because I'm taking it as that we all, I know we might be from other parts of the world, but we all live in New York right now, is one that is centered around hyper-individualism. Yes, we are individuals. I totally get that. But our culture takes it almost to a, a degree where we isolate ourselves. And this individualism c- goes right against a sense of community and being part of something that we see in Scripture. There's, if you live in a big city, which we do, there's always busyness and distractions that seem to be valid excuses why you shouldn't come to church. Or why you shouldn't have someone over for dinner. Because, yes, because I, it, it might be, your house might be untidy. But I, I, I want to be with you so much, I don't care about your laundry that hasn't been done. Because if you come look at my house, mine hasn't been done. We might be so busy and busy, and there might be these valid excuses that we build up in our minds, and God's wanting to break them down to say it's not about performance, it's about heart. We're fighting against this self-centered Christianity that we almost see coming up in this, in this time, in this day and age. Christianity is about you and your comfort and yourself. No, it's about Jesus and His kingdom. We treat church, and the fight is about treating church as somewhere where we go instead of being it. And church is about, in, in, uh, about attendance and sort of entertaining people more than being the church. So there's two words that I use to describe fellowship, partnership. 
And it's these two words, integrated and functioning. I feel like they're the two words that help us understand sort of the heart, being integrated and being functioning. If we take the analogy of a body, your arm works because it is integrated and functioning with your body. If it wasn't integrated, if it was separate, would it be working? No. Or if it, was, if it wasn't functioning properly, there's something wrong with it, there's a problem. Now, I, there's no other way I can describe this, and just bear with me for the analogy. If we are not integrated and we're not functioning, if we're using the, the, the body analogy, what are we? The only thing that is integrated and not function that can be integrated and not function properly in the body, if you think about it, is cancer. Cancer exists. It 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 it, it gets into something, but then it's all about itself and it grows. And uh, I'm not getting into the science about it because I probably don't know anything about it. But it's almost like like this body analogy. Jesus wants us to be integrated and functioning. And not just integrated and it's all about me. No, when you're integrated and functioning, it is all about, according to the arm, it's all about the arm. According to the leg, it's all about the leg. According to the head, it's all about the head. According to, you know what it's like when, you're, when you've got toothache, your whole body revolves around the toothache now all of a sudden. Is when we're integrated and functioning, we are part of God's body. We're part of the kingdom of God and we are important. So let me just break this down and, uh, yeah, integrated. What does integrated mean? If the church is not an organization or a building that we go to, then when you look at the word integrated, it means we are part of community. This word of, of, of partnering, of fellowship, of partnership is, that's what it means to be integrated. If you weren't here on a Sunday, would someone know? I think it would be great if you weren't here on a Sunday, someone would text you and be like, why weren't you here on a Sunday? Where were you? But if, if, if you aren't integrated, if, if suddenly I lose my finger, I know it's not there. One, it will hurt. But if it, for some bizarre reason it doesn't hurt, it just falls on the floor, I'll be like, that's a problem, that my finger is not part of me. There's a problem when people who are part of us aren't here. Why? Because we want 100% attendance. No, because we're all part of God's kingdom. When we talk about being devoted to this, it means that we make intentional decisions to integrate ourselves into the church. We be friendly to each other. We understand that we are partners in the gospel. We ha if we are integrated, we're able to, to understand where we, can, where we can get involved. We support what the church is doing. We worship together. It's not me holding, you know, holding back and being like, well, I'm just going to spectate. No, you are integrated into, you are part of what God is doing. We all have a gift. We all have a calling. And if we're not integrated, how can we even get to the place of functioning? It starts with a heart of wanting to be part of. Now, I'm sorry if this offends you. And I, you know, maybe you just want to come to church and watch church. And that's fine. 
but this is not how we see it biblically. We want to fight for a biblical value. And we would, if you're not there or if you're offended by what I'm saying, let's work it through. Or maybe just get to the place, well, I, maybe this is not the church for me because I don't want to be, I want to be able to sneak in the back door and sneak out the back door. I pray that God gets hold of your heart. Because I would hate, if we look at the analogy of a family, I would hate one of my kids just wanting to slip into the back door and slip out when he wants to. No, you're integrated. You're part of this. You're part of the problems and you're part of the solutions. You're part of, you might have been part of the past and you definitely, if you're here, you're part of the future. But if you're not here, how can we work together? It's not just about coming on a Sunday and hearing something and be like, yes, pastor, no, pastor. It's about us working together and working these things out. Functioning. What does functioning mean? Functioning comes from being involved. Participating, not spectating. If we truly understand discipleship, if we truly understand this being devoted, pardon me, to fellowship, it's not just about integration, it's about function. Now, I can't play guitar, and I can't sing. Does that mean I can't function? No. There are many functions that you can get involved in. But it's not about just fulfilling a function. It's about having a heart of we're in this together, and we want to do whatever we can to make sure this works. The best analogy that I love to think about this is what is the difference, or not, maybe not what is the difference, but if you think of it from a term of, of ships, if you have a cruise liner on this side and you have a battleship on this side, a cruise liner has thousands of staff serving a small group of people, making sure the pina coladas are topped up, making sure the food is sorted, making sure everything is comfortable. A battleship is thousands of people trying to achieve a mission, and they focused on one thing. Wh wh which one do you think describes the church best? Well, it should be a battleship, because we're all on mission with Christ. We're all focused on what God's calling us to. But sometimes we've developed our church into a cruise liner where it's so Fraser, are you are you are you comfortable? Can I can I serve you anything else you want? Want me to massage your feet? Want some more water, more coffee? Are you sure everything's to your liking? Are you okay? Are you sure? Okay. And that's sort of the attitude we've developed is it's all about the individual. Yes, the individual matters, but the individual is part of what God's wanting to do. In a cruise liner I mean, in a, in, a, in a battleship, it's, you're part of us, right? You, yeah, you love Jesus. Come, let's go do mission together. Let's go love the city together. Let's go see the gospel impact. Let's, what do you like? You like, you know, whatever it is. You've got a heart for, for, the, for, for the, the, the down and out. You've got a heart for the addicts. You've got a heart for whatever it is. Let us go together and get Jesus into that part of the community. Because guess what? I can't get into every part of the community. I, as, as amazing as I am, and I don't suffer from 
confidence. But I can't get into every part of society. That's why we need each other. We need to support each other. You might be a lawyer. You might be a teacher. How can we support you to represent Jesus best as you can in that place where you find yourself? Because you're integrated and you're functioning. The enemy's strategy is to separate us and cause us to, uh, uh, to destroy unity and to isolate us and to get to a place where we are offended with the church because someone didn't ask me if my coffee was okay, or maybe someone sat in your chair, or maybe someone uh, did something that, that was ugly, or that is, is, that's the enemy's strategy. And the way we counteract that is by in, being integrated and functioning. So then how do we devote ourselves to being integrated and functioning? The early church is our best example of this, and that's why we're looking at Acts uh, we're looking at Acts 2, verse 42, as, as how did they, we see they devoted their lives to large gatherings and they devoted themselves to homes where they taught and they discussed what was going on in society and, and happening in the church at that moment. Um, but the first thing we see sorry, I think I changed my notes and forgot to update them. Uh, let me just get there quickly. So how do we, how do we do this? The first thing, so looking at the early church, they didn't get this right. I mean, they, they, they didn't just arrive there. They weren't like there was a culture that they could replicate. They encountered the Holy Spirit, they encountered Jesus, and now they've been told to devote their lives to this. So there was some choices that they had to make. And the first choice was, how can we, be, de be, how can we de be devoted to being integrated and functioning? The first thing is, am I going to make a choice to love? The first question you need to ask yourself is, are you going to make the choice to love? Now, love, I'm not speaking about husband and wife love. But it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love your Thank you. You get 50 bucks. No. <laughs> Love your neighbor. Now, I don't, I know my neighbors. Do I love them? Trying to. But they bang on top of my roof late at night. If we're trying to love our neighbors in the world, maybe we should just start by, maybe look left and right. Loving those neighbors. Maybe you don't, even, you don't even know who those neighbors are. Maybe you've never introduced yourself. If, you, if your husband or wife is next to you, you're like, who is that person? Then there's bigger problems. But um, we've got to learn to have a heart that we love one another. It's not because we have to. It's we choose to. I choose to love you, and I'm not going to be offended by you. You might offend me, and you probably will because we are humans, and we get offended very quickly, particularly in this day and age. But if we choose to love, we look over the fence. If we choose to love, I'm not easily offended. If we choose to love, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter the issues you're facing, because there might be people that come through this door that don't look like clean and, clean and cut Christians as they should be in our mind, 
but we love them enough to show them the love of Jesus. We choose to love. The second choice we have to make is, am I going to choose community? So community is a choice you make. There's a choice you make every single time you come to church. Am I going to choose to slip in and slip out? Am I going to choose to have a conversation with someone? Am I going to choose to say, maybe I want to make a friend on a Sunday? Or maybe just get to know someone's name. Am I going to choose to be part of a community and be part of what God's doing? Or am I going to choose just to be a, you know, a 007 Christian? And you just didn't, didn't, yeah, and then you didn't, and you out, and that's it. No one knows what's happened. No, we choose community. My my family has made a choice that we want to be part of people's lives. We've made a choice that everything about our lives is going to change and it's going to go against what the world thinks and, and, and the world systems to choose community. And then that leads into the third choice, when am I going to choose to be hospitable? Now, hospitable, we think, well, I can't give a five-star you know, five meal. No, if all you got is a loaf of bread, I would, if you've got the right heart of being hospitable, it's got nothing to do with the food you're serving or even the drinks we're drinking. or the, Even if it's, if, whatever it is, even if it's a glass of water, if you have a heart of community and a heart of love and a heart of hospitality, it doesn't matter about what we're doing. The heart takes over. I know with friends that I love, we could be sitting in a room watching a random TV program, but I know they love me. I know they want to be with me. So therefore, it doesn't matter about the thing. It's we've got a heart to be in each other's lives. We were told... When, we got, when, when people found out that we wanted to plant a church into New York. And this is the only way I know how to do church. I only know integrated and functioning. I only know, do I always want to have people over at my home? No. Do I always want to you know, be in community? No, because why? I'm selfish. And sometimes I don't love people. But the only way we knew how we could show the love of Christ to people was having people in our home and trying to build community with them. And people kept on saying to us, you are stupid. And we said, why? Because it's never going to work in New York. Because they don't go to each other's homes. They don't want to spend, each other, uh, spend time in each other's homes. They would rather go have a meal at a restaurant or at a, uh, have a drink at a bar or go meet at a park or something else than that. And myself and my wife had to come to a, a, a point where we said, that might be the culture but we're going to choose what's biblical over what people are saying. And can I tell you something? Whether they're saved or not saved, having people at our, in our home has been the greatest way to try and introduce them to the gospel. Our landlords, are, um, are, are they, they're not Christian, and um, they, I, th- I think they're Hindu. And us just having a meal with them, suddenly he's asking me ch- uh, questions about church. Having a meal with them, suddenly he's having a conversation with me like, tell me about church. Like, what is this whole thing about church and 
What does it look like and what are you doing? Being hospitable, being open to community suddenly has given me an opportunity to sneak the gospel in. Is he saved? No. Have I failed? In your eyes, maybe. In my eyes, no. Because I still got the relationship with him. And I'm trusting that God can do something. So how do we develop this? You see, we, we, we get to a place where we, where we acquaintances. We get to a place where, where we just know each other on a surface level. You have to choose to make the choice to say, it's not just about friendship. It's not just about an acquaintance. Maybe I know your name. It's I want to get to know you as a friend. I want to have a relationship, a friendship with you. And then we get to get to the place where once we, once we, 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 we are friends with each other, suddenly we can partner around the gospel. Suddenly we can. I know some of the people that I've got to know, um, even in just working with Journey and being here, when we've had a meal together or we've had coffee with each other or we've got to know each other, suddenly it's easier to be involved in church with each other because we know each other's hearts. We know what each other, how each other thinks. Um, we're getting to know each other more. We're able to venture and trust and see what God is doing. So we're going to get practical for a moment. You all got connection cards. Integrated is really sort of becoming a member of Journey. I don't know if you have or you haven't. But if you're interested in becoming, membership is the worst word we could use, but it's the only word we have. So let's maybe not use the word membership. Let's use the word integrated. If you'd like to find out more about Journey and, and what we do and how we do it and, and where we're going and, the, and, and our values and our vision and all of that, just over it, just give us your details and say, I, would, I think there is a membership box there. Just tick the membership box or even just write, scratch out membership and say, I want to be integrated. Um, and we'd love to give you that information. Uh, we're not going to set up a, again, I'm using the word because I can't think of anything else. We're not going to set up a membership class if no one wants to come to it. But we do feel we want to give a space where people can ask questions that maybe they can't ask on a Sunday. Like, what do you guys believe in this? What do you believe in that? What about leadership? What about all those things? We want to give you an opportunity to maybe you have a whole bunch of questions and you just don't know when to ask them. We want to give you that opportunity. And then if you, if you do feel like this is home, if you do feel like this is where you want to be, if you consider yourself a member and you'd like to function, if you'd like to get involved in, in, on a Sunday, you don't just want to be an end user, you want to uh, be involved in what's going on, indicate that on the card and we'd love to. Maybe you, maybe you don't, can't play an instrument and you don't like kids often that's it. They say, well, if you want to serve in the church, you're either on worship or you're going with the kids, and automatically I'm out. I, I love my three kids, but I don't have patience for everyone's kids. I love them, but I just don't have patience for them. Um, then it's like, oh, I've got nothing else. I, there's a lot more than just that to serve in the kingdom of God. But the best way to know some, to get to know someone, say if, if just take it back. If you want to indicate any of those, please fill out the card. If you're visits and just want more information, as uh, David said, just fill out the card and we'll give you that information. But like I said, it starts with becoming friends. What's the best way to be friends? 
food or coffee, right? Right? I was at the bodega the other day, and uh, this woman was, she, she was trying to, like, find a dollar and find a scrumpled up half a dollar or whatever it was. And finally, I was like, I, I've, got to, I've got to catch a train. I just wanted to get a drink. I was like, I'll just pay for her. All of a sudden, this woman was like my best friend. I was like, woman, I just, I, it was more me, the inconvenience of waiting for you to try and find your $2 that I just paid for. But suddenly, I bought her a meal and it was like a, or a, a sandwich and we were like the best friends. So it seems like, like when it comes to food and it comes to, to, to coffee or drink or whatever it is, that's where we can build relationships. So if you're the type of person that keeps track of our meetings, generally at this time we would close the meeting and then we'd all vanish. In literally two minutes, there would be no one in the stairs, and I understand we've got to close and all of that. But what we're going to do, we have, brought a, we have purchased donuts for everyone. Yay. If you don't like donuts, I'm sorry, we're not that healthy. <laughs> but we have boxes of donuts around. What I want to encourage you to do, don't leave. Take 10 minutes, go grab yourself a donut, and find someone else who you've never met and go introduce yourself. Now, every introvert is suddenly like cringing inside. Why are they doing this to me? It's the moment where we had to do like a, a group project. No, we just want to get to know each other. Extroverts are like, finally, I'm able to speak to someone. I have to listen to this guy preach. But we want to give us an opportunity to, to have a donut, to get to know each other, uh, introduce yourself to someone, uh, if you want to find out more about being integrated and functioning, come speak to me. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. And uh, please go find someone, share a donut with them. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can start cultivating a sense of fellowship and partnership around the gospel. Amen? Amen. Amen.